All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. And then there was one. What was supposed to kick off a joyous holiday week with a five-game slate in the NHL tonight. We're down to just one game left on the schedule. Today is Monday, December 20th, and this is a holiday week edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. We're streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com as well as Twitter and YouTube. He is former NHL netminder Mike McKenna, now Daily Faceoff analyst. Mike, how are you holding up? Oh, we're getting there. You know, we had a pretty busy weekend as a family, hockey in the mornings and leading into it. My daughter got to play between the first and second periods at the Blues Stars game a couple nights ago. So pretty exciting times within a personal level. But things are pretty turbulent looking around the NHL right now, aren't they, Frank? Yeah, I guess it depends on what market you're in to see exactly how turbulent it is. Certainly all quiet north of the border. Let's catch you up on everything that happened over the weekend. We'll throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and drop the puck with this. The NHL closing and shutting down all cross-border matchups. 12 games postponed in all between uh, the weekend and the holiday break that was supposed to kick in on December 24th to the 26th. The NHL going dark for its traditional holiday break. And yet the number of games postponed has grown even more exponentially than that. Let's take a look at where exactly the NHL stands right now on the COVID front. We have 
117 players in the NHL's COVID protocol as of this very moment. The list continues to grow. You see the Edmonton Oilers there with five. I just reported shortly before the show began that the Oilers received multiple more positive tests this morning, potentially throwing into doubt whether that team is able to play on December 27th out of the holiday break. Uh, You saw the Columbus Blue Jackets and their game with the Buffalo Sabres postponed tonight. That news coming out along with the news that the Blue Jackets have shut down for the holiday break as well, becoming the ninth NHL team at this moment that has been shut down. So 117 players in the protocol at the moment, the vast majority of them asymptomatic, but it doesn't matter according to NHL protocol. Of course, everyone's relieved that these players are not feeling too sick or or experiencing too many symptoms, but as far as the protocol and process goes, Certainly, uh, the positive test is enough to keep them and most of their teams away from the rink as well. Well, Take a look at the five NHL head coaches. Mike, one sec. In protocol, Sheldon Keefe, Jeff Blashill, John Hines, Daryl Sutter, and Dave Tippett. And then we'll take a look as well at the teams that are currently shut down. Um, You know, you look at the Avs, Panthers, Maple Leafs over the weekend, uh, the Canucks here, they're a team that, um, you know, is, it, 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 you look at this list, it's a mess. The Winnipeg Jets, they don't have any positive tests at the moment, and yet they're shut down due to collateral damage with the cross-border mm-hmm. shutdown teams not coming across the border, Mike. And I get it. This time of year, the holidays, no one wants to be stuck with a positive test after this on the other side, you know, not being able to get home and see their family for the holidays. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I look at this and how the NHLPA and the NHL jointly said, OK, we're going to basically continue to try to power through this, not putting the entire league on pause. It seems like right now, but right now these teams are being greatly affected. This pause leading into the break. Hopefully that helps clear things up, even if it's just this week or so for the teams that need it uh, to try to power through and get through to it. And, you know, to spin this another direction here, we've, we've got to look at the big picture as we have been for quite a while now thinking about the Olympics. I mean, I, going to Beijing, China in February. Okay, the NHL has until the January 10th date to opt out without a financial penalty. I mean, Frank, I just can't see any way this is going to happen with all the tests coming back positive that we see with all the question marks, quarantine period, all those things involved in China. Do you think that there's a chance it could be finalized soon that the NHL players aren't going to the Beijing Olympics? Yeah, really soon. Look, I mean, maybe as soon as today. This is something that the NHL and NHLPA continue to talk about. They've had multiple meetings over the weekend, including medical experts. We know the NHL's stance and what it's been for a long time. They have no interest in pausing their season and sending players halfway around the world to a country in which they have no control or no measurable control in terms of, uh, you know, who gets in or, or more importantly, who gets out. So, Uh, This is a decision that the NHL ultimately left to the players, and I think they're hoping that the players come to their senses, see everything that's happening, seeing that uh, there has been a significant disruption to the season schedule. Uh, 42 games now postponed in total, almost 5% of the season schedule, and you're saying, well, when are we going to make these games up? These are uh, critical contests. You don't want to continue to push the season back further, and so... You know, ultimately, this is going to be up to the NHLPA to come back to the NHL and say, yeah, we're with you. We're on the same page. We, we can't go to China for the Olympics. And if not, 
Well, then the NHL to this point, I believe, has seen enough. There has been that material disruption and they can then step forward and say, "Okay, we tried to do this in partnership with you, but there is no chance that we can send our players to the Olympics. I think about it from my perspective. I wouldn't be going. You know, I've got two young kids. It just I wouldn't want to be away from them potentially for a month and a half, two months. If I ended up having a positive test, it just wouldn't seem worth it. But, you know, on the flip side, the other day, I heard even Stamkos talking about, hey, I haven't had the opportunity to go. If I could do it safely, man, I would still do this. I know that there are still players that have that feeling, but it feels like to me, the more I talk with people, Frank, every day, that tide is really starting to change to where the players are seeing. This was a good idea at first. And then reality is kind of sunk in, and they've all said, okay, this is going to be tough to pull off, and things aren't getting better. So I, I have a hard time seeing uh, the players looking this when they look at the big grand scheme of things and going, all right, we missed the boat. We're not going to get to go. That's just life at this point. And, uh, you know, I, I think that kind of spins us to the next topic here really is what will they do with the Olympic break? You know, you're going to have three weeks during the season that are pretty much open at this point. And, you know, do you, do you shorten that break if you're the NHL? Do you reschedule games during that time frame? It may not be easy to do with some of the rink availabilities. And my thing is, does it just become the built-in league-wide pause that maybe they need to be able to power through the season? Uh, it's going to become a critical time. And look, I think the NHL is trying to do everything they can to uh, really try and limit the damage in terms of rescheduling games. I mean, take a look at the three California teams and, and the Canadian teams that they were supposed to face this week. Well, those players haven't been sent home yet. Um, you know, they've been told, hey, wait a second, we've got this runway between now and Thursday to potentially get some games and maybe we'll schedule some games against some of these other mm -hmm. California teams that will then potentially open up uh, some later building availability later in the season to slot those Canadian teams. And so the schedule, uh, you know, I, I feel so much for Steve Hatsapetros. That's the name of the guy uh, in the NHL's office that handles the schedule matrix. He's got lots of moving parts and everything going on at the moment in terms of putting this all together. So they're trying to take some preemptive measures at the moment, you know, before even worrying about the Olympic break. But I think the concern with the Olympic break is there's just so few buildings that have any sort of sustained availability where, you know, you might be able to fit in three or four games if you're the Calgary Flames. Maybe Calgary is one example where the Scotiabank Saddle Dome could squeeze in a few games. But there's so many other places that filled in concerts, family shows, ice shows, you know, all sorts of different things going on that, you know, they missed out on in terms of revenue opportunities that they're now trying to jam in. Yeah, you think about a place like, I don't know, I mean, even Texas or Florida that have largely been pretty wide open for commerce during COVID. And, you know, you know that they have those buildings full. And like you said, it's a very different animal in Canada. It seems like where restrictions have come in, there hasn't been as many things booked. But man, a lot of the United States is kind of acting like things are back to normal in terms of things that are in the building. So I agree with you, Frank, it's going to remain really difficult for these teams to reschedule. I suspect they'd like to. But the realistic portion of it, it's just going to be very difficult to handle, I think. Yeah, and look, it's just a matter of time before this decision is made official on the Olympics where the NHL can turn its focus towards what that Olympic break looks like. I just feel for the players in this case. I feel for the game overall in a sense of, you know, it's been so long since we've had a best-on-best -best competition going back to the 2016 World Cup of Hockey. Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon all playing for Team North America. I would have loved to have seen those guys represent their country feel for a guy like steven stamkos 2010 he's hurt 
or 2010, he's uh, one of the last cuts from the team as a young guy. 2014, he's hurt. 2018, no NHL players in the Olympics. And now this year has a fantastic season, super motivated, wants to get there, only to have the rug pulled out from under him at the last moment, it seems. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that because that's certainly going to be something uh, that, you know, that official announcement is likely only days, if not hours away. Let's transition to the ice, and one of the great feel-good moments of the season occurred over the weekend on Long Island. You had Robin Leonard making his return pilgrimage to face the Islanders. Love some of the tweets and, and things that he sent out on social media. Uh, you can see one here. Uh, Going to go back to the people that accepted me for who I am and the ones who supported me no matter what. Going to be amazing to see you guys again. And then he had this other fantastic tweet where he uh, clearly shaved off his beard and said, I'm ready for tomorrow. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Lou's house, his rules. Love the emojis. Love the spirit of it all. And then, of course, he gets on the ice in Long Island. You see some fans celebrating his return, thanking him. Uh, certainly, you know, didn't spend a long time on Long Island, but it's where he got his career and, and really his life back together with the support of the New York Islanders but then goes out, plays a great game, and, and you see this in-game celebration that they had, a video on the Jumbotron, and he points there to the tattoo on his neck of Long Island. Mike, this had to hit you as a goalie, particularly a, a card-carrying member of the goalie union, to see Robin Leonard get faded in Long Island. Yeah, it hit me on a lot of different levels. You know, I, I spent a lot of time playing in one city for one year, <laughs> as much as I moved around. And I know what it's like to build a reputation with a fan base and how much it, it kind of stings to have to leave that at the end of a season. And for someone like Robin who comes in and straight up says, man, that fan base saved my life. Okay. They gave him joy for hockey, his whole family. You know, you get a piece of your life back. He's come, he, he told his story leading into that season. And last night post game, he talked about how you know, it was so affirming to him and so rejuvenating for that fan base to give him a standing ovation the first game back after his story had been told. And that's what's carried him. And, you know, it, it was a great game last night, by the way. I mean, like up and down, Vegas takes the lead. Uh, the Islanders come back and then they end up winning in a shootout. And Robert Leonard hasn't been the greatest shootout goalie in the NHL. And he wins this one. It doesn't allow a goal. It just it felt fitting. It felt perfect. And his teammates really played for him. Uh, Golden Knights scored with under a minute left with the extra attack to, to get that team, get that game two extra innings for Robin. And um, just a really cool moment. I don't think I would have shaved my face. So he's definitely got one up on me in that regard. Hey, I mean, I just love, you know, he, he didn't have to do that either. Lose house, his yeah. rules. And I think that's also a little bit of deference and respect that Robin Leonard is showing towards Lou Lamorello as well for being a part of the group that helped give him some change on Long Island and give him the support that he needed to get his life and his career back in order. So much thanks to Robin Leonard for how he's spoken out and been vocal uh, front and center on lots of different issues around the NHL and has been at the forefront of things this year. You know, the first player to come out uh, just a few weeks ago and say, hey, no matter what happens with the Olympics, I'm not going to go. This isn't good for my mental health. He got the conversation started, willing to say publicly what a lot of others to this point have not been willing to do so. So kudos to Robin Leonard. Let's get to this week's edition of Ask Peelzy with longtime NHL referee Tim Peel.
Pleased to welcome back to the Daily Faceoff show, longtime NHL referee Tim Peel for another edition of Hashtag Ask Peelzy. You can hit him up on Twitter with your questions all season long. Tim, let's start here with the suspension that Chicago Blackhawks defenseman Brett Connolly gets here uh, for his hit on Tanner Kiro. You saw just tough shape that Tanner Kiro was in. He ends up with a four-game suspension from the NHL for interference. Did they get the call right? Did they get the suspension right? Yeah, 100% they did. I, I, when, the, when the hit occurred, uh, I tweeted out that I thought he would get a five-game suspension, so I think four is, is obviously uh, a good assessment by Department of Player Safety. You know, I, wanna, I, I tweeted out that this was an egregious hit, and, and obviously uh, you felt terrible for Kiro, and I hope he's doing okay. But I also want to mention that Brett Connolly is not known as a dirty player. And I really think that he thought that Kiro was going to get the puck. And he had committed himself, obviously, way too early. And unfortunately, you know, the puck never came. You know, it was shot up high on, on the boards of the glass. And, uh, you know, the, the league got it right. Four games is, is a good assessment here. Hey, Mike, before you jump in, I just want to follow up a little brain fart on my part, too, calling Connolly a defenseman. He's obviously a winger. Uh, but for Tim, is the onus more on Connolly to then pull up and avoid making the hit, you know, as the puck sails by him? What what needs to happen there? Is that an appropriate play where you're saying, okay, you got to do a better job of having no contact whatsoever? Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, he has to, to, to you know, let up there. but people don't realize the speed of the game and you know he's got a, a split second to make a decision and he made obviously the wrong decision but he doesn't have enough time to go oh uh, well, you know maybe i should you know it's just not the people are unrealistic if they think how that's how the game is obviously he should have let up but he already made uh, a determination that that he was going to you know pinch in and and uh and and take the player away and but the, you know it to say the blood up yes 100 he should but it sometimes it's not realistic to think that these players all of a sudden can just you know change in a, in a split second it just doesn't happen the speeds the the speed of the game is just too quick PLZ, we had another incident on Saturday night when Jeremy Lazan of the Seattle Kraken hit Colton Sevier from behind, that Edmonton Oilers player, and it was right along the boards. And I mean, like two minutes and 30 seconds into the game, it was right off the bat. And, you know, Lazan traveled probably 10 or 15 feet. Sevier's numbers are facing him the whole time. And there was no penalty assessed on the play. And, you know, I'm not here to beat up referees. I want to find out how this is this call may be missed. Yeah, two veteran referees, John Kaisek, Wes McCauley on the ice. Uh, you know, how does that happen? How do you, how is it not seen? You know, if it's angles or whatever it is. And then when you find out later on, whether you look at the Jumbotron or between periods, it, you know, if, it, when there, if you were in their shoes, how would you handle it moving forward? And you're absolutely right, Mike. You know, you've got two veteran referees. You've got John McIsaac, uh, works playoffs. Wes McCauley's probably our number one referee in the NHL. And, you know, I, I was reading Twitter last night and this morning and, and people are like, they should be fired. They, they want them tarred and feathered. You know, it's like, do people not realize, unfortunately, and trust me, I haven't talked to Wes. I talk to him almost every day, but I haven't talked to him since this incident. But I can tell you, he would be 
he's mad at himself. And especially early in the game, early in the game is when you want to set the tone, when you want to set the standard so that the players know, okay, this is the standard that these refs have set for the, for the game. We know the, the parameters and they'll adhere to it. And I guarantee you after that period, if, if they had an opportunity to look at it in the dressing room, definitely after the game, Wes and John would be upset with themselves. But, you know, I don't know the position that they were on the ice. Like people want to act like this is the, this is just, it's unbelievable that this call was missed. Have people not watched hockey for 75 years? Calls get missed. It happens. People are humans. You know, I said to somebody on Twitter, I said, if you want people to be robots and, and you want the games officiated from the stands or the press box, and maybe you should watch another sport because we've got video review. You know, they said all plays should be reviewed. Really? Is that where we want to go that all plays in our sport should be reviewed so that we can slow the game down? Mistakes happen. It happens. These are the, these are two top referees in this league. It's going to happen. We don't know where their that play was on the side on the on the side wall. Were there players in front of them? Was somebody you know skated in front of them as that hit occurred? We don't know. They didn't. I guarantee you, they didn't see the the, the play as we saw it on replay and go, ah, it's not that bad. I'm not going to call. Mm-hmm. Of course they did. If they saw if they had saw, seen it on replay, they go, yeah, it's a it's a boarding penalty, and it's probably five or five in the game. They could have assessed a five minute penalty and kept him in the game because he wasn't injured on the play. Uh, you know, if he was bleeding, they automatically have to go to a five in a game. But I think in that case, a five minute boarding penalty and keep him in the game would have been the, the correct call. Interesting, Tim. Yeah, I think you just see Oiler fans fired up in general because they saw the call on Connor McDavid made so quickly just a few weeks ago where he's in that same situation making the hit and all of a sudden the arms go up and they're saying, well, why isn't this playing field level? And we've already talked at the beginning of the season about why Oiler fans are upset in general with the way the game is officiated, specifically with regards to calls that Connor McDavid doesn't get. So, uh, Tim, thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Ask Peelzy. You can follow Tim on Twitter at uh, TimCPeel20 is his handle. And of course, uh, does a great job all season long for us as our rules analyst. Tim, have yourself and your family a great holiday. This has been another edition of Ask Peelzy. All right, Mike, time for our Daily Faceoff show inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We'd be happy to take your questions. And I got a real simple one for you. It's holiday week. What is your favorite Christmas movie? And there is only one right answer. Yeah, well, it's not Die Hard. Uh, I'm passionate about this one. And for me, it's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I, I, I've i wavered on this for a few years of it, not just being my favorite Christmas movie, but being my favorite movie. Okay, like I grew up, I loved One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I like Slapshot. You know, I love There Will Be Blood. I'm a big fan of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I don't think there's any movie that makes me happier than Christmas Vacation, Frank. Like Cousin Eddie, when they rev up the microwave and he can't think for 30 minutes or whatever it may, like all these lines just resonate through my head. I can't get enough of it. Frank, tell me yours, man. 
Yeah, no, there's only, like I said, there's only one right answer in terms of Christmas movie, and it's definitely Christmas Vacation. The problem for me is I'm reciting lines from the movie all year long, and, like, people are like, what, like, what is this guy talking about, my family? Like, like what is wrong with this guy? So, um, uh, you know, anyway, that's just the way I am. Um, I, I love Christmas Vacation. I'm a sucker around the holidays for Love Actually. Uh, oh. That is a fantastic Christmas movie as well. So, love uh, it. But it, it's, it's way far and above Christmas Vacation is the right answer. It's, I'm glad, glad you gave some love to Love Actually. I, I, this yeah. is such an undercover good movie. I love British humor. Eight is quite a lot of legs, David. I could do. I could go on and on with quotes from that movie yeah. as well. Maybe maybe this is next. We may have to put this aside and do a special edition, Frank. I think we could do a whole hour long worth of this. Yeah, we could definitely do a pod on that. I mean, you look at uh, the only problem with Love Actually is when you throw it on regular TV and there's all the commercials, it adds up to like four hours, it feels like. So uh, it's quite <laughs> a long movie. But uh, thank you for our uh, Daily Faceoff show inbox question of the day. It's now time for our Daily Faceoff best bets of the day. Tyler, there's only one game tonight. How you feeling? How you leaning? Are you going to lay off? What are you going to do? I, I, I thought about it, but after digging into it, I actually think there's a couple of plays that are worth looking at in this hockey game. I was hoping to be hammering the Blue Jackets on the money line because that game was a pick em, but obviously their matchup against the Sabres called off. So let's jump into the only game on the slate, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet, the Wild taking on the Dallas Stars. And honestly, I'm a little bit surprised at where this line is set here. I love the value on the Minnesota Wild. Yes, the Stars ended their long losing streak the other night, but the Wild are 19-8-2 on the year. They're 9-6-1 on the road. This is just flat out a really good hockey team that's sitting at the top of their division. The home ice advantage just hasn't really quite been there for Dallas either. I don't get it. So I'm taking the Minnesota Wild here on the money line, regardless of what the goaltending matchup is. But the second play I might be adding, if it is Jake Ottinger and Cam Talbot going between the pipes, I'm taking the under in this game. Both of these teams have the ability to, to, to keep games pretty low scoring for the Stars. The unders actually hit in 10 of their 14 home games so far this season. So I'm taking the Wild on the money line no matter what. And if we get that Ottinger-Talbot matchup between the pipes, I'm also adding the under into the mix today. Um, I think it's actually a nice spot as well because if the, if the Wild don't win, I think it could be because a guy like Jake Ottinger plays really well. So I like the I like kind of going with both of them here. I think you're covering all your bases. What about a little parlay there? Add the two of them together, go the under and the wild on the money line. Sounds like a Tyler Uremchuk special. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> Let's get to garbage time today. My favorite segment of the show, Mike McKenna. What's got you interested? What's grabbed your attention? What's bothered you around the NHL? Well, another emotional moment, not just Robin Leonard last night returning to Long Island. How about Garrett Sparks returning to the NHL? Comes back with the Los Angeles Kings, picks up a win last night, and he does it against the Washington Capitals, which he made point to in his postgame press, you know, against the greatest scorer of all time in Alex Ovechkin. And he was just very emotional. And a lot of it is because, you know, this is a guy who had reached the pinnacle of the game. He won a Calder Cup in the American League with the Toronto Marlies the next season. He was with the Toronto Maple Leafs the entire season. And he basically hasn't had a sniff since, hasn't had a start since that year. He was Mike Babcock's punching bag for a season. And he's kept grinding and he's kept working. Uh, and he mentioned, you know, yesterday how, hey, I was making 600 bucks a week in the cheeser in the East Coast League not long ago. And here I am again. Uh, it just speaks to the dedication and the understanding of 
just how special it is to play in the NHL. Okay. Like I was in those shoes. Every call up I got was special to me because I had to earn it and I had to be at the availability and I had to be able to play my best. I did my best. It wasn't great. Um, but I feel this on Spark. I feel what Sparks is saying here because he's got that chance again. You know, he's got everything that he's wanted. And I just wish him the best, man. He's a goalie who's always had to earn things. And I uh, showed a lot of moxie last night coming in. Great hair, too. Best hair, I mean, since Trevor Kidd, I think, for a goalie in the NHL. Did you also just refer to the ECHL as the cheeser? I had to check my ear there. I did. Yeah, so the uh, the ECHL is known amongst players as the cheeser at some some molecular level because years ago it was known as the Cheese Toast League because in one of the away cities they had like cheese garlic bread out and it turned into the Cheese Toast League to the cheeser and now <laughs> it's become a nickname for the league. Wow. See, look, you learn something new every day. Uh, this is my 13th year, I think, covering pro hockey, and I've never heard of the ECHL called the cheeser before. So uh, love that. Love That's the what Garrett Sparks story and also love uh, our Scott Burnside on dailyfaceoff.com giving a little love to James Reimer, another former Toronto mm -hmm. Maple Leafs netminder who hit his 400th career NHL game over the weekend and is having a fantastic season so uh certainly lots to keep our eye on in terms of covid and whatever else happens and unfolds in what's been a totally wacky season so far in the nhl that is all the time that we have for today's show keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news insight and analysis from around the nhl thanks to mike thanks to tyler thanks to tim peel we'll be right back here tomorrow at 12 noon eastern streaming live again once again until then, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Face-Off Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.